0: Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat Podcast. It's your boy Juan here. Got Victor all the way from West New York. I always have to emphasize that. I don't know why.
1: Because you're a hater, that's why. Like no, you, no. it comes out of your pores. <laughs> Even though you about to join, you're about to join me on this side of the river, you can't help but be a hater. And that's why I'm saying keep that same energy. Because when you <laughs> actually do end up moving to this side of the river. I'm gonna just straight up hate on you to the point where you're probably gonna hate me, but it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? We're here, we live, and like the hater is just gonna, you know, you know when the the Bible says hey, the cup runneth over, like <laughs> ours is gonna run over with
0: hate. So that's that's what it is, man. But it's still love. Nah, nah, there's there's no there's no hate from this side. There's no hate. Uh, now nah, <laughs> we wanna we wanna welcome you to this uh new episode, and we wanna thank everyone who you know. Thank you for joining and, and listening and being a part of, of our conversations, whether it's sports related, politics, entertainment, whatever it is. We want to thank you for for joining the Pull Up in Chat podcast. I'm so excited for this one because I feel like there's yeah. so much drama. Yeah, going man.
1: On. and before we like dive into it, I want to say one more thank you. Yeah. And that's to to our boy, our hands for stepping in last week. Yeah, while I was still in recoup mode, you know, to put the. Uh, to step in and do that episode with you. So appreciate that, man. And, you know, maybe in the future you can, you know, just pop in every once in a while.
0: Shout out, shout out to Archie. Shout out to Archie. Round of applause for the boy.
1: Yeah, man.
0: (laughs) Now today, like, I feel like there's so much drama going on. It's like, this is the one thing that that NFL owners and, and, you know, Roger Goodell, they always try to hide from us. But it mm-hmm. it all it all eventually comes out to light. And this is the new installment of uh, off-season drama. Aren't, we're not even in the off-season yet, which is the funny yeah. part. We should be talking like about...
1: off off-the-field drama because yeah. now
0: it's like year-round. We should be talking about... I mean, we are going to talk about it. We should be talking about the Super Bowl. We should be leading with the Super Bowl. But there's always something popping up. And this is why, you know, people don't ever want to give the NFL the benefit of the doubt because of things like what we're about to talk about right now. So let's right. not waste any more time and let's get right into it. And this is starting with a former, because I just found out it's like this small detail that I just figured out that he was fired by the Miami Dolphins. so former Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores um, has sued the NFL and three teams specifically, the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. He's alleging, discrimination regarding his interview process with them with Denver and New York and obviously with the firing with the Miami Dolphins so this is pretty pretty crazy so I'm just gonna share some details on this before I toss it on to you want to get your thoughts on 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 what's what's popping with this so he was fired obviously after leading the Dolphins to -to back-to-back winning seasons which is the first time they've done that since 2003 Go, see if that's not an example of discrimination i don't know what is um so he's alleging that these teams he's suing right now that these teams were basically just trying to go through the process and they weren't really giving him a fair shot to get the coaching jobs for those two interviews so i want to get your your thoughts if you know if you want to dive in more into the details we're going to do that obviously for this first topic so what are your thoughts on this whole deal with, you know, Brian Flores suing the NFL and these three teams specifically?
1: I mean, first of all, he's pissed. Yeah. You know what I mean, like that that is that is a move you make when you're pissed. When you're like, you know, obviously the whole situation played out which uh adds context, you know, with what happened with Patriots called Bill Belichick reaching out to him, you know, <laughs> thinking like we've all been there when we sent the wrong text to the wrong person or the right text to the wrong person. And he sent the, the text to Brian, Brian Flores thinking it was Brian Dable. And that basically, I think that was the, the fire that, you know, or the, the match that set the fire to Brian Flores. And he's like, yo, we're going we gonna to burn this whole thing down. Or at least that's what it looks like in this lawsuit. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to achieve what he's going to what he wants. That is just my opinion, the God on His truth. And here's why. First of all, discrimination and intent is so hard to prove that based on what we've seen right now, because obviously we haven't you know, we don't know everything that there is. We don't know if they're going to get at some point to depose people like his lawyers are going to ask him questions and so on and so forth. But it is so hard to prove um, the level of discrimination and all the things that he's alleging. Is he right? Absolutely. I think the NFL has been showing for years, you know, Mm -hmm. their narratives and what they want to do, but I'm going to throw a little bit of a hot take, maybe a hot take. I don't know. I don't know how, how hot it is or whatever. I honestly think that this whole situation with the owners, and we've kind of alluded to this in prior episodes and so on and so forth. Yes, there's a racial component to this. But I think the thing that's leading this, this charge and everything that the NFL owners do and have been doing, including the hiring, um, the firing, the lack of hiring um, minority coaches or whatever, yo, this is just power, This is a group of 32, mostly men, mostly white men, just being, just saying straight out, yo, you're not going to tell me what to do. Y'all not going to tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Like, these are, you got to think about it, rich, in the most, in most cases, multi-billionaires, yeah. old from like a past generation, and men, and particularly white men, yeah. which is where the racial component comes in a little bit that are just saying like, yo, we do what we want. You're not going to tell us who to fire, who to hire, so on and so forth. These teams are, are because they pretty much treat them like they're toys. They're like, you know, we're going to do whatever we want to do. And you're not going to tell us what to do. And, the biggest evidence I can put to, like, prove my point, even though we're talking football, I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's hockey. I know we don't really do hockey talk here. But are you aware of what happened with the Chicago Blackhawks that's been in the in the news recently and the player that came out? Um, his name is Brian Beach. OK, so I'm, I promise I'm going to be as quick as possible, but. It is indicative, and I I promise I'll tie it all together without, you know, going for a long time. So this guy, his name is Brian, no, excuse me, Kyle Beach. He was a former player of the Chicago Blackhawks, and around 2010, almost over 10 years ago, he alleged that he was sexually abused by a coach within the team. Crazy, right? In and of itself, that is a crazy story. Anyway, he supposedly brought it to some people, like a lot of things in sports, it got swept under the rug until he came forward. I think it was like two years ago. Anyway, the story has been making news in the last like year and a half. Fast forward uh, to last week. The owner of the Chicago Blackhawks and his son are doing a town hall with reporters. So this reporter has the audacity Because this is what I'm telling you about power. (laughs) To ask the son a question, he basically said, listen, I know that what happened with Kyle was because of power. Somebody, you know, displaying their power over somebody less powerful. And we just want to know what you guys are doing now so that something like this doesn't happen. I promise you, even as I read this, going to the video or the audio of this. Is going to be like, your jaw is going to be like, your jaw is going to drop. Because this is what he said, and I quote, I'm going to read it. So the question is, what are you guys doing now, right? To the son. The father steps in and he says, I'm going to answer that question. Not Danny. Danny's the son. The owner, his name is Rocky Words. I believe that's the name. He says, I think the, re- the report speaks for itself the people who are uh, that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward and we're not going to talk about 2010. The son tried to step in and say, Hey, um, I can like, you know, take it. And the son, and the, and the father was like, no, 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 no. And the reporter goes like, yo, you know, I just want to know. So this is what he says. Uh, no, that's none of your business. That's none of your business. What uh, we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. And the reporter goes, how is it not my business? He says, because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks the question, we're going to answer it. And I think you should get to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? Ask the next question. And like I said, I don't do it justice. But here's a man who's being asked, not even held accountable, but asked like, hey, can you bring up so that something like this doesn't keep happening in your league? And he's like, yo, I don't have to answer to you. And that's pretty much what's happening in the NFL. The NFL, where the yeah. claim comes to what happened with Daniel Snyder, and I'm about to toss it over to you, and you saw how he pretty much walked unscathed. You saw it with, um, I believe his name is Bob McNair, the guy who used to run the Texans or before he passed. You know, when the, the, the players started kneeling, he said, We're not going to let the inmates run the prison. Like, these are guys that are saying, yo, this is our league. We are filthy rich, and ain't none of y'all going to tell us what to do. And so when it comes to Brian Flores, they you see that these guys are going to protect each other, just like they did with Kaepernick and so many other situations. And so I think, and this is where I'll toss it over to you, the biggest hope that Brian Flores can get out of this, and it is not even for him, but as a as something that can shake down, is the allegation he made against Stephen Ross about the tanking. Yeah. About him, uh, Stephen Ross offering him $100,000 to tank games. That, because of the gambling and everything else that's happening in the league, is the biggest thing that could have consequences. But as far as the race, man, these guys are going to... Listen, it's a fight worth fighting for. But at this moment in time, I think that there is so much power in these guys that unless they're driven to change by the money, they're just going to be like, yo, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing.
0: That's why it's beyond me how like so many people um, give them the benefit of the doubt for anything that the NFL does. Like We can go back to, and we always touch upon these things, Whether it's the Ray Rice situation where they had the video and it wasn't until TMZ came out and said like reported basically like, yeah, the NFL had this video. They chose to ignore it because they wanted to throw it under, you know, they they wanted to throw it under the rug. They didn't want anybody to know about it. Um. Whether it's that or how they reacted to Colin Kaepernick, where with him, because of the finances, because of at the time the person who was in charge of the country, because he was so vocal about it, that's when they said, "Oh no, this one we need to step in." The Ray Rice situation, whatever you're suspended two games, even though you, you know, you did what you did and it was caught on camera. But this part, because of you know the 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 implications, how how the viewership, the finances, the money. Because we may be hurt in that area. Okay, you know what, Colin Kaepernick, you're not going to play anymore. So my my first point here is the NFL, they never really cared about integrity in the NFL. They could talk about it. They could, oh, yeah, we're, we're putting a lot of money into these different programs, yada, yada, whatever, the Rooney Rule, which, you know, Stephen A. Smith brought up a great point where he said when this was implemented, I think it was, what, um 19 years ago, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken? Yeah. Um, there were three active coaches, black coaches in the league at that point. There's one active black coach in the NFL in today's game. Yep. And that's yep. not, and, and, and I know many will jump and say, well, you know, just because, you know, why, why do we have to give them a shot? Maybe they're not good enough. I, I don't want to hear that. Why? The number one example, the New York Giants. In their history, they've never hired a black coach. Yeah. Ever. And while, again, people may say, well, maybe they weren't qualified. I don't want to hear that since Tom Conflin, um, you know, who won two Super Bowls with the Giants. They've hired Ben McAdoo. He wasn't qualified. Mm -hmm. He wasn't good enough to lead lead that team. They've hired Pat Shermer, another one who wasn't really qualified if we're going to go there. They've hired Joe Judge, who wasn't even an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Like, this guy was with the special teams unit with the Patriots. I think. And now they've hired Brian, um, I don't want to botch this last Dable. name. Dable. Who, once again, we have to put this into context. We've got the offensive coordinator for the, for the Chiefs, who's been available for the past couple of years, Yep, hasn't been given a chance. Do you trust the guy that's led the offense for arguably the greatest offense in today's game? in the Kansas city chiefs? Or do you trust a guy in Brian Dable who I don't think any of us have have, ever heard of him ever. So it's like their entire process has been shady. Like why, why, why would anyone act surprised? You know, the one thing I will say to your point about whether or not this is going to work. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work because at the end of the day, the people who hold the cards are the owners. Yeah. They, they own it. This is a private organization. No matter what you do, Nothing's going to change if the Rooney rule didn't change anything. Like I mentioned, at the point, there were three black coaches hired. Now there's only one. And another thing that Stephen A brought up, um, obviously want to credit him for saying this. It's like, bro, like Mike, Mike Tomlin is lucky that he's playing oh, yeah. under that organization. Because yeah. it's not to say that he hasn't been great. He's, mm-hmm. he's a great coach. But if Brian Flores, after two winning seasons... For a, for a poverty team in the Miami Dolphins, gets fired. And from the moment he's hired, he's told, oh, yeah, you, you're here to tank. That's what you're going to do.
1: Or to violate the, the tampering rule. Yeah, that was the yeah, other part that was that another part. him
0: to do. So it's like if, if he's not saved after two winning seasons, then how the heck is Mike Tomlin not in the hot seat? Because he's playing for for the for the Roonies in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's yeah. why. So it's like that's what's, yeah yeah. Th- these people never cared about integrity in the NFL. Like there are so many head coaches. I mean, Lovey Smith got you know I think he got hired today. Man, he he looks so off with that white beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks off. But like there there are so many coaches who who deserve a legit chance to coach in this league. Unlike what the Giants have thrown out there since Coughlin has been fired. It's like, why aren't these dudes given a chance? And it it screams out, like it legit screams out, and maybe I'm overreacting that these these African American candidates, these black coaches, don't represent the image that the NFL want in the front offices. Maybe that's that's, that's what a, it's screaming out right now. That's spot on. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Because again, it's an image thing.
1: It's not because here's the again, not gonna go long, but This is at the end of the day, like you said, it's a business. And if you follow the money, and oh my God, is there money? Like, have you seen the the contracts that the NFL signed, like, towards throughout 2021 for the streaming rights? For I'll put it to you like this Thursday night football was like the least valuable product that they have because most of the time those games are trash. Yeah, true. (laughs) So the streaming rights to Amazon mm-hmm. for a billion dollars a year. Um Fox, NBC, and CBS all are paying roughly, I believe somewhere between the neighborhood of 2 to 2.5 billion dollars apiece for their respective games. And then ESPN is they actually lowered it a little bit, but they're still paying like somewhere around 2.5 billion dollars a year. Monday Night Football. Yeah. So this is all money that's coming in before a person has even put the, their, their butt in the seat, has turned on the TV. Yeah. This is all guaranteed money along with the sponsorships and all of these other things. So that's why I'm saying that this is power. This is arrogant power saying like, yo, what are you going to do? Especially when we said in other episodes, at the end of the day, oh, we still gonna watch. That's true. Like, we may all be talking about Brian, Brian Flores, and there are a lot of people like in up in arms, but how many of those people are gonna miss the Super Bowl on Sunday? Not and one. they know that. Yeah. And so it's until, and that's what I'm saying, the fight is worth fighting for. You know, Colin Kaepernick may never get a job, but it was right what he stood for. And it made, you know, it moved the needle a little bit. Brian Flores, again, I I hope that I'm wrong and that he actually, this turns into something. But even if it doesn't, maybe it moves the needle a little bit more until one day, you know, sim- similar to what happened with Daniel Snyder, again, going back to Washington. For all those years, resisted changing the name straight up. Yo, I ain't doing it. But then when FedEx was like, yo, we're we taking that money away then all of a sudden you saw like, okay, we're going to, fine, we're going to change the name. Yeah, now we care. That's the only thing that moves these people. It's the lack of money or the taking away of money. And so, but for the rest of us, including people like Brian Flores, as fans, obviously the players, coaches, that they have more of a direct impact. we And us just having these types of conversations is about fighting the good fight, even if, the result we may never even see it you know close to what we said but at the end of the day there's, there is an image to be sold and these people are just flat out like yo and the truth of the matter is if a lot of us were billionaire can we say that we wouldn't be acting the same way <laughs> you nah, know what that, i mean like that's true but these people have said yo this is what it is and you know, they come from a different time where they were never told what to do, and they just showing it straight to our face. Like, y'all might have become progressive, y'all may be politically correct, but now nah, we out here, we're gonna do it the way that we want to do it, and you're just gonna eat it. This the that's la- what it is. This is
0: the last thing I'll say on this. I think there are two points, and like I said, I agree with you as far as like whether or not this is something that can actually work. You know, because again, these people hold all the cards. They they're they're the owners of this league that these players and coaches are a part of, but there are two, you know, things about the 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 lawsuit that, you know, I'd say may give him a chance. And it's I don't know if you looked at the exact details of the lawsuit, but there are two uh two points in this lawsuit where I was just like, yo, this is incredible. Like, this is something that could possibly help. Number one is, you know, Flores is is alleging that on his January twenty seventh interview with with the Giants um mm-hmm. which again satisfied the Rooney rule yeah. um because he was the first minority candidate to interview in person with this team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's saying that was a sham because right. again a day later they hired the Bills offensive coordinator. Like how yeah. quick can you make that decision? Yeah. You were you are, you had that in mind already. That Brian uh, uh again uh, uh Dable. Dable Brian Dable was going to be the guy you were going to hire, and because you wanted to fulfill the Rooney rule, you hired, uh, you you um, interviewed Brian Flores. The second right. one is the interview with the Denver Broncos. Listen to this. So Flores alleges that a similar scenario occurred when he interviewed with the Broncos for their head coaching job. This is back in 2019. Again, this right. is at the time where the, where the Miami Dolphins were telling him, you know, you're... You're here to tank basically that's mm-hmm. what you're doing um back in that interview with the Broncos in 2019 Flora, Flora says that the then uh Denver uh, general manager John Elway amongst others arrived to the interview an hour late and hung over, alleging they had been drinking heavily right before the interview. so these are damning details in this lawsuit that I, I really do hope, I really do hope that they, uh, you know, something happens here because this shows that they never cared about any, they never cared about the Rooney rule. They right. they don't care about the integrity of the game, which they yell out every single time. And I'm so mad that we aren't able to touch on the deflate gay situation, which also came out today about what they did in that case. Right. So it's like, These people never cared about integrity of the game, and I'm just tired of hearing. Well, yeah, look at the NFL; they're at least trying. They're not trying to do anything. They're just trying to paint a picture to drive you in one direction while doing the same thing they've always done. They don't care about anything.
1: Yeah, they're basically they're just there to sell you the narrative, you know, football toughness, all of this. And then when it comes to issues such as this, they've shown time and time again that they There's a specific demographic of the country that they will always try to side with because at the end of the day, they know that those are the highest paying customers. Those are the people that they want to sell that narrative to. And they're going to go. But before we close the topic, and I know I've gone for for a long time on this, but here's here's my final take. And this one, I just want it on the record in case I'm right. But what if Bill Belichick, your boy Bill Belichick, actually sent that text message intentionally. Like, what if we are out here talking about Bill Belichick being the old man, making old people mistakes of texting the wrong person? Yeah, but what if he's like, yo, I'm an ally. I'm about to be here like, yo, Brian, we're going to set a fire to this. We're going to light a a match under these people. And sent that text message, like, you know, not knowing that it was the right Brian. So that something like this can come out. I mean, if you he know did, what I mean, like
0: if he did, that'd be
1: crazy if that's the thing. Yo, the dude, and, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I think that's the smoking gun, yeah, to be honest with you, is yeah. if they're able to make it to discovery, it's where the people are going to ha- have to sit in front of a lawyer and get deposed. Is can somebody like Bill Belichick produce the receipts of, like, oh, yeah, they told me three days or four days before they made Brian Flores that the decision was already made? Like that could be something. But man, he's I hope he's ready for that fight because that's going to be a long one and it's going to be a powerful one. And one thing about history is that power protects power and usually power corrupts. And that's kind of like what we're seeing here. But obviously we have to hope for the best.
0: I think what we should have been getting into, which is Super Bowl weekend.
1: Yep. I mean, like we got the now. We're gonna turn a little a little lighter and get to the actual game, you know, the big game that's finally here. And so as of today, you know, when we're recording this episode, which is Monday, the the obviously the matchup is set over the, the same uh whoa, I was about to say St. Louis, the LA Rams <laughs> and the Cincinnati Bengals are set to do um to do battle. As of today, the betting line has the Rams at as a four and a half point favorite. Obviously, I think most people would bet for the yeah. Rams. And so my question is basically, do the do the Bengals even have a shot at this? Or do you think it's just like a formality that the that the Rams got it in the bag? I think the betting
0: line is where it's supposed to be. Because okay. remember, as we talked about last week, I compared the Rams to the Golden State Warriors. Of basketball, the KD, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Warriors. Because that's how much talent they have on that team. Not just on the offensive side with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford, but on the defensive side with Donald and, and Ramsey and Von Miller. Like, these dudes are absolutely stacked. But, man, like, have we not learned? Like... You remember this whole conversation about the future of the league, the future of the AFC. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, how exciting that's going to be. Look at these two, what they did in that game where they scored like 56 points in 18 yeah. seconds. Wow, this league is going to be super exciting. And then comes in Joe Burrow. Like, the dude is We, a, we should put. Yo, we should
1: put a name, like, in between, like, a nickname, like, Joe freaking Burrow yes, or something. Because yes. homeboy, <laughs> homeboy has the goods. Homeboy is out here, like, like yo, I'm here. Don't forget about me. Yo, he's
0: got that thing, bro, where, like, if I'm betting money, I'm going to bet for the Rams. But Joe Burrow has got that thing where, yo, like, how can you bet against that guy? Look what he just did in the AFC Championship game, where none of us, and I'm including myself because I tweeted, I'm like... I think it was in the middle of the second quarter. I said, oh, here we go. What we all expected. Um, This is it. Josh Allen, you had your chance to take out Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's too early for Joe Burrow. Down, I believe it was 18 points against the reigning AFC champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. And he brings his team back when nobody outside of maybe Cincinnati thought they had a chance. So, like, how can I like, say, like, they, they don't have a chance in the Super Bowl, even though I think the L.A. Rams are the Golden State Warriors of the of the NFL. Like, they've got a shot, bro, because they've got Joe Burrow, and they've got weapons. They've got a, a, a Jamar Chase. They've got a T. Higgins. They've got a Tyler Boyd. You know, they, they've they got a Joe Mixon. Like, they, these dudes have weapons, and they could drop 30 on them, just like they've done to every other team. Like they, They've got a shot, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think... You know, the Rams are should be the favorite, uh, but I think, like you said, the, the, the fact that this is only four and a half speaks, um, to the, the probability that, that Cincinnati does. And I think that to piggyback off of you, of what you said, Joe Burrow, as of today or as of you know, his last game, has not shown he's scared of the moment, so you can't take that, you know, for granted because, like you said, he was down. Most people being down the way that they were down to um to Kansas City would have been like, yo, it's a rap. Homeboys are like, nah, exactly. I'm I'm still here. And then obviously you have Jamar Chase. They're basically like, you know, to um to use your your analogy of of the Warriors, I know it's a different team, but it's like they got a clay, you know, clay staff thing going on. Like, yeah. yo, we we here for each other and they they don't look like they're scared of the moment. Um, another thing for me that's gonna be key. Is the Rams because again, I'm gonna use your analogy of, of the gold of the Golden State Warriors. Before the Warriors won that first one, even yeah. before they got KD, just because of the way that they their method of playing was unproven, you know, with yeah. all the three point shots or whatever, we all doubted. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I have some doubts about St. Louis. Because they haven't done it yet. Because the last time I remember Sean McVay in the Super Bowl, homeboy forgot how to coach.
0: Yeah, against the Patriots. I
1: know they were playing the Patriots, but my man did a horrible job coaching. Went away from pretty much everything that got him there. Who's to say that this won't happen again? Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, you have um, Cincinnati's also they're playing with house money because everybody thinks they're going to lose. Nobody, so nobody's really be,
0: betting on that team, bro. You know
1: <laughs> what I mean? So I I feel that they're going to be out. Yo, like, you know, we, we shouldn't even be here in the first place. So let's just go out there. Exactly. And just do it, leave it all on the field. That is something very powerful for a team that's like, oh, we're not supposed to be here, let alone win this. So they could play with a little bit more ease. And so I think that they... You know, it's not in the bag because again, I don't know the improvement. Matthew Stafford, he's been playing great, but we ain't seen Matthew Stafford in this stage. We haven't seen him in the we hadn't seen him in the playoffs, pretty much, yeah. let alone in the Super Bowl. And he
0: gave and he gave the 49ers a chance to put a, that game away, but they 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 fumbled. Right. It.
1: <laughs> so for me, there's the key to this game is gonna lie in this. Very similar to last year's game, is can that Rams defense get to Joe Burrow and limit his ability to get the ball to, to Higgins, to chase and all that, to mix in, like be able to stop the run game and so on and so forth. And the second key is the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Are they going to play like they played versus the chiefs? Are they going to be out here playing? Like who was it
0: that they played against the Titans where they gave up like nine sacks or something (laughs) like that? And the Titans and the Titans don't have a Aaron Donald. Exactly, and Von Miller. Don't and forget Von, Von Miller, Miller yeah. out there. You yeah. know,
1: Super Bowl MVP. Yep. Like he is someone on that team that has proven that he can do it on the big stage. And so, I think that's where the game lies. If that defense can penetrate, then you would hope that the that the Rams offense would put up enough put up enough points to be able to to contend. But like I said, playing with house money, man, gives the freedom and.
0: I wouldn't doubt it if this came closer than people think. What's one thing that like you let's say if you were a betting man and you were betting for the Bengals, what's one thing that would sort of like have you hesitating, like th- that would put fear in you to bet on the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I mean, it's just because what you said earlier, like the talent in in um
0: the Rams in the Rams is yeah. just
1: so overwhelming. Where we thought like, but then again, we thought coming into last year, you know, the Chiefs, you know, people knew that their offensive line was was banged up, but nobody but brought that up thought, in the Super Bowl. Right that their offensive skill set that Patrick Mahomes and Hill and Casey was a lock yeah, that they yeah. couldn't, you know, that that couldn't be taken away. Um so that would be my hesitation. It's like if I think if both teams play at their maximum then the Rams are better yeah. because they're better. Yeah. They have more sides. talent offensively, and they have a way better defense yep. than than the Bengals. So it's a matter of can the the Bengals like spark that magic one more time? Yeah. But if I, that's why I wouldn't bet on them because I think the talent
0: is too overwhelming. I think for me, like the one thing that puts fear in me if I were a betting man would be what do you do with Cooper Cup? And it's what do you oh, do yeah. with Cooper Cup? Now that Odell Beckham is, is is inspired the way that he is right now. Because yeah. Odell Beckham, when he's in his right mind, when he's healthy, he's arguably a top five receiver in the NFL. Yep. So you've got that now. What do you do with Cooper Cup? As your number two option. As ex- they okay. Have as your number, number two option. Exactly. What do you do with Cooper Cup, who won the triple crown, who now has a quarterback in Matthew Stafford? I know we criticize him. He can fling yeah. the ball. He can throw the ball. Oh, oh, absolutely. Like, What do you do with that guy? And that to me is the one thing that if I were a Betty man I would just be like, yo, I don't know bro. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. But again, that's what we said against the Chiefs. That's what we said when right. they faced off against the Chiefs. What are you going to do against Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football? What are you going to do against the fastest receiver in football, in Tyreek Hill? And yeah. somehow, some way they were able to get it done. But to your point, one thing that you know, we have to mention this. You can't compare the Rams' defense to the Chiefs' defense. It's a whole yep. different ball game now. And now yep. you've got a cornerback in Jalen Ramsey who can say, all right, who's your best guy? Jamar Chase? I got him. I'll take him out the game. Now can the other guy step up? So it's about the adjustments. Will they be able Ricky to make adjustments? Eric
1: Weddle, who they oh, brought, who brought out, of out of retirement like two <laughs> weeks ago. Homeboy's
0: been kidding you. It. It, dude, like everything, <laughs> everything points – to the Rams winning this game. But it doesn't mean that I don't give Joe Burrow a shot, bro. You got to get yeah. that dude a shot. You have to, man. You have to. But we before
1: we close this topic out, I just want to ask you a question. How, you, you looking forward to that halftime
0: show? Oh, bro. You know I'm an Eminem <laughs> fan, so I can't wait. I, I just He needs to bring back those classics, bro. He needs to bring back. I mean, back.
1: this is, this is going to be an interesting one. Well, you know, I don't know if you saw this funny meme. Um that was spreading around the internet like once they they made it to the – once the Rams made it into the Super Bowl, they said that between Matthew Stafford at quarterback and Eminem performing, that's as close as Detroit is ever going to get to a oh Super Bowl. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I saw that, I could not help but crack up
0: laughing because Listen. it's sad for the Lions fan, but it's kind of true too. Take pride in it. Take pride in it. You know, Eminem is a, is a Detroit native. You drafted Matthew Stafford, even though it's not he's not on your team anymore. Support him. Find find yeah. a reason to watch. And I'm excited, bro. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, man. I you hope nev- these guys show out, you know, because I, I um rappers usually get the 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 the, the bad reputation yeah. that they always just come out, do the song, move side to side. So I hope they really add some production value. But as far as star power, I know they're a little bit, you know, their prime was kind of a few <laughs> decades ago, yep. but it's definitely a throwback nostalgia play. And, man, I, we definitely going to hear some bangers that the moment those beat drops, you're going to be taken back to, to our, our younger days. <laughs>
0: our young, young, young days. But young,
1: with, young, young days. But definitely looking forward to the Super Bowl and that halftime show. No, I'm
0: excited for it. And, and, and yeah, there's, a, there's something else that happened, bro, that when I read this, on, it, obviously that's where I get my news on Twitter. I think that's where.
1: I mean, that's like where everybody. I pretty think that's much where gets everyone news gets.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, and there's no shame in that. If that's that's one of the things I talked about in my in one of my journalism classes. Like they would ask us, like, where do you get your news? Most of us would say, yeah, you know, the AP, you know, daily yeah. news or whatever. But most of us are saying Twitter. IG, Facebook, that's... You know. Those people
1: that were saying the AP probably went to the AP Twitter account
0: and that's where they were <laughs> exactly. getting their
1: news. I mean, come on now. That's, you know... And it's indicative of the times. Like, yeah. by the time the news reports something, it's been on Twitter for like three hours.
0: <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. But I I, I, I ran into this, and this is our, our last topic for this episode. I ran into this uh, a story, and I'm so glad that you brought it up because obviously there were so many people that were infuriated by by what happened and what was found out. And this is about Joe Rogan. Um, So I don't know all the details of it. I've just, I've read some of it, but he apparently used the N word in one. I think it was, I don't know if it was in one of his episodes or it was a trend where he was using this word, um, you know, in several episodes. And so he came out, he apologized. He said, you know, um something about like, he didn't know the impact of, of him saying the word. And he tried to equate that to, to black people using the N word, which to me was to try to justify that is beyond right. me. But I, I want to throw this to you and because so many people are wondering, like, should this be enough for him to, you know, lose money or possibly lose his show? So what level of accountability should Joe Rogan face over the various controversies surrounding, you know, what happened in his podcast? What do you think?
1: I mean, for this part, you know, what he said about using the N-word, he ain't going to get nothing. He's not going to face anything. Like, if there's anything that society has shown us, going back to what we talked about, like, even with the NFL, like, let's look at, you know, um, like, the Gruden situation, you know. He said those comments, you know, about the Morris Smith, uh, the big lips, the rubber lips or whatever, nothing. He was coaching two days later said something about, like, you know, the LGBT community or whatever, now you got to go. You know what I mean? So history has shown us that, again, there's some people that, unless it's, like, just over the top, especially if he would have said the the N-word at somebody. Yeah. If he would have called somebody, like, hey, you, you're, and it obviously makes the rounds on the internet, on Twitter, whatever, whatever, then I could see it having some fallout. But as far as like him, no, because Spotify, the CEO of Spotify already came out and said that they're not going to silence him. Yep, You know what I mean? Like even as they're losing market value, not because of this, but because of all the artists that are like pulling their music from Spotify because of his in protest to him and all his, you know, um, misinformation and being anti vax you know what I mean? And so if anything, I think he's going to face consequence for those things. If he doesn't like right that ship and artists, you know, stop, that's where I think that he's likely to face any sort of consequence because that's something that the, the majority of people or you have a big population that may get offended. Because if you see that side of it, there was a, an artist. His name is Neil Young. I can't say that I'm very familiar with his music past my time, which is saying something. Um, and he was the first person to pull his music. And, you know, Spotify was like, okay, you can, you can go. And it wasn't until a few of the artists came out and was like, yo, we're taking our music and we're taking our music that they were, he was basically forced to come out with, you know, a little bit of a statement saying about how he's going to be better about showing both sides or so on and so forth. But over that, I don't think he will face anything, yeah. which is sad. You know what I mean? I And I'll, before I toss it to you, what I'll say with regards to the other, the other part is I saw and I've seen, because you're always going to have people trying to defend, um, is the accountability part. And that's the part that kind of infuriates me with people like him, similar to like Aaron Rodgers and so on and so forth. Like I can't go to like, let's say Aaron Rodgers. We sit here and we talk about sports, but I can't go to Aaron Rodgers and talk to him about how he could be a better quarterback. I can't. That's his expertise. Yeah. So when people like Joe Rogan or Aaron Rodgers are out here, you know, putting information that a lot of times they haven't verified that they aren't necessarily educated. Even us as podcasters, which is the reason why I I was drawn to this subject. Yes, there's freedom of speech. You should have the right to, um, to say what you want, but when you start navigating into fields that you're not necessarily an expert in,
0: then
1: don't pull the privilege thing of like, of, oh man, you know, I'm sorry. Or, Whatever, whatever, and not really show growth because I look. I'm not here as a Joe Rogan fan. I don't really listen to his, pos- yeah. his podcast. I've barely see episodes that pop in here and there, and I've seen him bring in people that I that I'm like. Um, I've seen moments of little clips that are like really intelligent, but it's one thing when you're talking about positivity. Or I'll put it to you like this, and I'll toss it right back to you. He's somebody who's big in the MMA community. Yeah. He calls a lot of their matches. He's like, next to like Dana White, he's one of those key figures in MMA. I'm sure that if his analysis and him calling those fights, if the fans of the MMA who could be very, very zealous about their sport, if he didn't know what he was talking about when he's calling those matches, they'll be out there saying like, yo, get this guy out of here. Yeah. Get him the freak out of here because he doesn't know what he's talking about. But somehow when it comes to other matters, he's out here talking with little to no expertise, bringing people that he probably hasn't even vetted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like when the music comes, like you want to know, like face the music and actually do better because not only you're not just bringing yourself because this platform is set, but then it takes away from credible people and it's part of the reason that we are the way we are in
0: our society and especially in this country. Yeah. It's a, it's another example of money talks, bro. Like I, I've watched several clip clips of, 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 of his podcast primarily on YouTube because it just pops up when I'm like yeah. going into this deep dive of like science and the planets or whatever. And he has, he's had interviewed interviews with, with people in that field. So I've, I've ran into a couple of his episodes, but If this were something like, let's say again, and it's not to justify that happened once. You know, he just happened to say it once, it was a mistake. Oh, okay, fine. It's not that it's justified and it's okay, but you know, you said it once, it was a mistake. We all make mistakes. But the fact that a hundred episodes had to be scrubbed, had to be removed, tells you that there was already a trend. But again, as I said, this is another example of money. Speaking louder than anything else. They've got $100 million invested in this dude. You think they're just going to let him go? Because he he offended whether it's half of the country. There's another half of the country that care about him, that listen to his stuff. Dude's got millions (laughs) of listeners on his podcast. That's what they care about. The numbers are still going to be there. Whether or not sponsors threaten to leave him, whatever, they're still going to get their money. They're still gonna, you know, they still invested a hundred million dollars into this guy. And it just sucks. As you said for me, um, as you said as a podcaster, like we're always careful. Like when we're we're recording episodes, when we're talking about whatever, like you know, right. especially the most the, the more sensitive topics. Um, you know, we right. talk about social issues, when we talk about politics, when we talk about personal stuff, religion, you're always careful on how you're saying things. Like for me, it's never about, you know, I want, I'm I'm going to try to be on one side because I, I want them to listen to my podcast. Like, nah, it's right. never about that. You know what I mean? Like you always want to be respectful. You always want to show respect to the other side. Even if it's just you, you and I, like I'm always trying to show respect to you. I'm right. never trying to disrespect you, even though we're on the same podcast or even if we disagree. And I think that's the thing that's lost here is that there's this like integrity in podcasting that that's being lost because of again again money yeah and and it's very unfortunate like there there are so many podcasts out there where dudes have legit conversations where dudes aren't out there spreading misinformation where dudes aren't you know doing things to to harm others like where people are having legit conversations like how we attempt to do and when you see things like this happening and you know, will continue to happen in, in other ways. Cause it may not be him using the N word, but it may be him spreading misinformation, continuing yeah. to do that. How many episodes does he have talking about misinformation and spreading things that just aren't true? They aren't true. Yeah. And, and influencing millions of people that listen to his show. Like why aren't these things being, you know, why, why isn't he, he being penalized for things like that? like, he has a lot of power because of his viewership. You know, you're paying him $100 million. So guess what? Shouldn't there be some, some sort of responsibility for the things that he's saying? And the fact that, as you said, the CEO of Spotify, it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're sorry. Um, you know, we're very, we're, we're upset. They said, quote, incredibly hurtful, you know, but at the same time, we don't want to silence the podcaster. So in other words, at the same time, we got all this money invested in this dude, that's so we're exactly just not gonna it do it. We're just not gonna do anything. Yeah, and it's that's sad. exactly what it is. It's sad. His and his apology was pathetic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for cutting you off there. His apology was pathetic. You know, dang well that this dude doesn't mean a word that he said because again, there were over there were a hundred episodes in which he, you know, which had to be deleted, which tells you that there were a hundred episodes where he used the word. So how sorry is he? He ain't sorry, bro. He ain't. No, it's, it's, man,
1: it's, I love what you said about the loss of integrity and it kind of just took me down like a rabbit hole in my head. And that kind of plays into this, but I guess also speaks to the, to the larger, um, I guess way of living for, for us as a society because it really isn't about the integrity of facts. It's about this is my viewpoint. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there and knowing or hoping that there's going to be people that agree with me no matter what. And like I said, we, in this episode, I think it's perfect how it ties in together because we see it in the NFL, right, where it's about their narrative and what they want to do and unquestioned and no lack of accountability. We see it in somebody like Joe Rogan and believe it or not, it filters to us. Yeah. And that's the sad part. You know, the rabbit hole that was, I was spinning in my head is about several scenarios. I'm going to say one without throwing the name of people we know, right. That we follow on social media. I remember seeing a few months back a post, from someone that that we both know and it was shared like on their Instagram story and they were showing and sharing this data I'm not going to go into specifics or whatever whatever we're showing data and I'm like man I'm curious I'm I'm a curious person so I, I screenshot the, the the thing and then I start googling the data that was in that post and while some of it was accurate there were a lot of like holes in that data from, you know, when it actually happened to how it related to the the topic that this person was trying to project in the, in the post and then the friend that shared it. And so after I did a little bit of my, I know people say research, but it was just looking up stuff. I go to this person, I send them, you know, a, a, a private message. And I was like, did you by any chance like, like check the the, the information that you just shared and their one word answer was like nope I was like okay just FYI I kind of looked this up a little bit and not everything there is accurate so I'm just I'm just letting you know and it's not that's just one incident yeah and again I hope that when when somebody people hear this they see it is that the reason we have these conversations is because we may not be able to, you know, change the power structure of the NFL. We may not, this episode may not reach Joe Rogan and like, you know, change his ways or anything, but anybody that listens to this, know that change starts from one person and we affect, even when we consume some of that information, when we then, Reproduce and reshare some of that misinformation. We're having, a, we don't know the level of impact yeah. that we may be having from even when we say we put up a nice quote with somebody, you know, like I could go on Photoshop and, you know, produce an image of, you know, Hitler saying something pop doesn't mean that it's true. And so it's important for us as everyday people to have those things in mind because of the people around us in this information age, where it's about sharing this, posting that, man, like make sure that you have your facts straight because when we see it on a, on a bigger scale is when we see something like Joe Rogan, where misinformation or hate speech gets normalized because at the end of the day, it's about, yo, doing what you want to do. And then when accountability comes, it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that wasn't true. Or I come on now. And it's just we're not perfect, but we can all strive to do better, man. And and that's my hope. You know, for somebody like Joe Rogan, we hope to be as a podcast, even a fifth of what he is. But hopefully, that whatever we want, wherever we achieve, is based on facts. Is faith, Um, is based on, you know sharing good information, but also positive. We're not here trying to put anybody down because at the end of the day, like that's how you make impact in society. So, you know, I hope that any, anybody that listens to this takes something from it, from the, you know, the societal issues to obviously the, the big game on Sunday, we, we definitely want to end it on a high note saying, yo, go out there safely as best as possible you know, share this, the, the big game with people. I know it's a momentous occasion where people <laughs> get together to watch this game. So everybody that, you know, is watching the game, just stay safe, have fun out there, but that's going to do it for us. We want to say thank you to everybody that checks us out on your favorite streaming platform, whether that's Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, um, or wh- whatever your streaming platform is. And to everybody that rocks with us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, man. Appreciate you. And as always, keep being part of the conversation. We appreciate you and we'll continue to be here, but that's going to do it for us. This is the latest edition of the pull up and chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. He that. We out.